similar. Study of Proverbs 31, which gives us an example of real moms. Now, what is a real mom exactly? Well, in today's age of reality shows and sitcom moms and soccer moms, I know it can be a bit confusing, to say the least. And, you know, a few years back, uh, there was a thing uh, called, uh, maybe you used to hear about real men, like real men don't wear pink or real men don't eat quiche or whatever the case may be. But how can you tell if you're a real mom? Well, I see lots of examples on TV and in the movies of what they believe real moms are supposed to look like. But I found a couple interesting things that real uh, about real moms that I wanted to share with you. First of all, real moms don't eat quiche because they don't have time to make it. Real moms know that their kitchen utensils are probably out in the sandbox somewhere. Real moms often have sticky floors, dirty ovens, and happy kids. Real moms know that dried Play-Doh doesn't come out of the carpets. Really moms don't, real moms really don't want to know what the vacuum just sucked up there. Real moms sometimes ask, why me? But they guess their best answer when a little voice says, because I love you, mommy. Real moms know that a child's growth is not measured by height or years or grade. It's marked by the, cur- the progression of mama to mommy to mom. So what does the Bible have to say about real moms? Hopefully you found your place there now in Proverbs 31. We're going to begin in verse 10. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, asking to bless our time together in his word. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, again for your grace upon grace upon grace. And Father, I prayed this earlier as the praise team was gathering together earlier this morning. But Father, what a joy it is to see the faces of so many in our this body of Christ, this body you've put together here at Portage Bible Church. Lord, how it just warms my heart. And so, Lord, we have missed each other. And hopefully, Lord, it has reminded us of just how important it is to have this body together. And, Lord, what a privilege it is that we have the freedom in this country to do such. So I ask, Lord, that you would bless our time together. Give us an open heart and, a one, and an open mind to your wonderful truth. Help us, Lord, not to be caught up in the distractions and all that's going on around us. Lord, I know it's hard. We're bombarded by that. But, Father, I pray that we can set aside this next 35 or 40 minutes, Lord, and just focus in on your word and in on you, and that you would be glorified by this gathering together. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's look at Proverbs 10 through 31. I'm going to read all of it together here, and then we'll go back and just kind of give you a breakdown as we uh, extrapolate from each little section here. So let's begin in Proverbs 31, verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it from her earnings and she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. 
She senses that her gain is good and her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself, her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Our first thing I want to do is to describe real moms is that real moms are MVPs. You know what MVPs? Most valuable persons. Notice that phrase in verse 10, who can find? That doesn't mean that it's impossible to find a mom like that. It means that she's rare. If you've got a mom like this, my friends, you are truly blessed. She is excellent. She is a power of, a power of strength and a valuable resource. For the husband and children of such a woman, she proves to be more valuable than any earthly riches. Real moms are often the glue that holds the family together, and quite often they are the buffer between dad and the kids. I haven't told this story in a while, but I like to bring this one up. When my kids were little, and we lived in Florida at the time, and uh, we went to a restaurant, and I was... uh, well, let's just say I was very concerned about how our children would act in public. And so uh, we took them out, and uh, they were fine for a little while. You know, they gave them little coloring things, you know, like they do to try and keep them busy. But for whatever reason, it took a long time for the food to come, or at least it seemed like forever from my perspective. And pretty soon, the kids, they were probably six and under maybe, they start crawling under the table and then playing with the salt shaker and then, you know, and uh, finally, I just remember, I remember thinking, boy, this is embarrassing. We have no control of our children. They are out of control. And I just, I remember looking at Cindy and saying, can't they just be good? And she looked at me with virtually no expression. She said, this is good. I said, oh, <laughs> okay. Did you ever hear the comment, I'm just a stay-at-home mom? Just I mean, Cindy was fortunate to be able to stay at home, to be a stay-at-home mom during our children's early years, and as were some of the other mothers in this room today. And I do feel that that's an invaluable experience for your children if you're able to do that. Now, my mom was not able to do that, uh, even though she wanted to. She, she worked because she had to. We had an absentee father, and she had four kids to feed, and she really didn't have any choice. She actually had, in all reality, two jobs, two full-time jobs that she worked. I really don't even know how she did that as I look back at it now. You know, there was an informal study that was conducted by Salary.com. It's a little website that shows you that stay-at-home moms would earn an average of $132,000 annually, including overtime if they received a paycheck. bet you a lot of your moms are thinking, yeah, that's right. You could use that. 
Employed mothers reported spending an average of 44 hours per week at their outside job and then another 50 hours at their home job, if you will. Talk about doing double duty. Her price is far above rubies. And those figures probably don't account for the endless baseball practices, the shuttle services, the birthday parties, the sleepover functions in which mom attended them all. So the first thing we've learned today is that real moms are MVPs. But don't look at verse 11 and 12 also. Real moms are magnanimous. Now, that's just a big fancy word. I needed an M word there really badly, and that's the one I came up with. That just means they're generous and understanding and tolerant. And even though, my friends, even though in my family we didn't have a lot of money growing up, My mom never missed an opportunity to help others that were less fortunate than ourselves. And mom always reminded us that there were others who had a much tougher road to navigate than we did. And she used phrases like, at least we have a roof over our head. We have food in our stomachs. And we have clothes on your back. And everything else beyond that is just a luxury. Yes, real moms are MVPs and they are magnanimous. Verses 13 and 14 tells us that real moms are multifaceted. Multifaceted, meaning they have many aspects. They're versatile. A godly mother must be able to do all things for all people at all times. She is Dr. Mom. She's an educator. She's a gourmet cook. She's a homemaker. She's a loving companion to her husband. She does it all. I can remember my mom helping us with schoolwork while cooking dinner, picking up around the house after a long day of work, and a two-hour softball practice for my sisters. I'm not really sure where she found all that energy, but as I look back at it now, I do recall her falling asleep on the couch, exhausted at the end of many, many long days. Real moms are MVPs. They're magnanimous. They're multifaceted. But they are also expert managers, is what fifth. Verses 15 and 16 tell us. Real moms are able to balance and manage all those different aspects of motherhood. My mom was an expert at this. She could do so much with so little. I'm not really sure how she was able to successfully manage four kids on her salary. Literally, she must have used all of her motherly ingenuity to make sure that her family needs were always provided. I think back now that we were probably very poor financially. We just didn't realize it. Mom was a great manager. Every fall, she came up with new clothes for us kids, all four of us, by saving money all year long. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized the only new clothes she ever received was at Christmas. That's all she ever put on her Christmas list. Real moms are MVPs. They're magnanimous. They're multifaceted. They're expert managers, but... Verses 17 to 19 tells us real moms are mighty. Motherhood is not for wimps, my friends. Trust me, I've had the occasion to be in the delivery room for the birth of all of my children. There is a reason they call it labor. That's only the beginning. She's an early riser. She works hard. She's a businesswoman, either inside or outside the home. She invests what she makes. She's got strong arms. She's a hard worker. Real moms are MVPs, they're magnanimous, they're multifaceted, they're expert managers, and they're mighty. They're also merciful. Look at verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. 
real moms are filled with mercy, not only for their immediate family, but also for others. And often, my friends, that extra comes out of her portion. I can't tell you how many times I've seen my mom and my wife suddenly not become hungry anymore as the portions of food were starting to run out. And real moms can do wonders with just a kiss and a hug. I can't tell you how many times I got scraped up as a kid. In fact, I had so many stitches in my head, I started to believe I was actually held together by thread. But a simple hug and a kiss made it all worthwhile. Once, Eric was carried to our front door by our neighbor. The neighbor knocked on the door, and Cindy opened it, and she saw that he had our son in his arms and his two front teeth in his other hand. She had to take him to the dentist to have the rest of the broken teeth taken out as Eric screamed for mommy. I think he was five years old. Not sure I could have done that, my friends, to be honest. But for real moms, that's just par for the course. Real moms are MVPs. They're magnanimous. They're multifaceted. They're expert managers. They're mighty. And they're merciful. But that's not all. Move to verse 25 here. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. Real moms are models. Now, usually when we think of models, we think of the women who are wearing expensive designer fashions. But real moms model something completely different. They are adorned with strength and honor. Keep your place here in Proverbs, but turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Peter writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. It's not fashionable clothes. It's not jewelry or hairstyles that real moms model. It's a godly lifestyle that adorns them. Real moms are MVPs, they're magnanimous, they're multifaceted, they're expert managers, they're mighty merciful, they're mighty merciful in models. But look at verse 26 back in our text again here in Proverbs 31. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Real moms are mentors, they're wise counselors and teachers. And that certainly applies to real moms. Real moms teach their daughters how to be godly women, how to be godly wives. They teach their children the truth of the gospel. Let's look at a few examples here in the New Testament. Hold your place in Proverbs there, but turn to the book of Titus. Book of Titus, chapter 2. Well-known verse for us here, verses, Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 3. 
Older women, likewise, are to, be, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children and to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Apostle Paul pens for us. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which were able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This was Paul speaking to his young son in the faith, Timothy, and reminding him of the foundation that he had received uh, from his mother and his grandmother, which we see in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Paul writes, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, speaking to Timothy, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I'm sure that it's in you as well. You know, many people have been richly blessed by what they learned at their mother's knee. Consider, if you will, for just a second, John and Charles Wesley. Their names would probably never have lighted the page of history if it had not been for their godly mother, who taught them the law of love. And Christian witness was to be their daily guide. Susanna Wesley would spend one hour each day doing nothing but praying for her children. Incidentally, she had 17 of them, 17 children. Now, she didn't take an hour for each child. I'm just saying there's not enough hours in the day for her. But uh, one hour just praying for her children every day. In addition, she took each child aside for a full hour sometime in the week to discuss spiritual matters with him or her. What does God say about this? What is God doing in your life? Tell me about your walk with the Lord. Now, no wonder that John and Charles were used, were used of God to bring blessings around the world. Now, here are a few rules that she followed in training her children up in the admonition of the Lord. Here's number one. Subdue a self-will in a child and work together with God for for their, their upbringing and not against God. Teach them to pray as soon as they can speak. Give them absolutely nothing that they cry for and only what is good for them, and then only if they ask politely. To prevent lying, punish no fault that is freely confessed, but never allow a rebellious, sinful act to go unnoticed. Strictly observe all promises that you have made to your children. I think many moms today may listen to those guidelines, maybe some listening at home, uh, those guidelines from Savannah Wesley, and they think, wow, those seem kind of mean. They seem really strict. I mean, they might believe that that, you know, maybe that's what she considered, uh, you know, they might consider that to be mean rules if they raised their kids with those rules today. But I believe that Savannah Wesley wasn't really concerned about being considered mean. 
What she was concerned about was raising godly children who would grow up to serve the Lord with humility and grace. You know, my mom used to call herself a mean mom. I think my mom would have loved the poem that was written by uh, Bobby Pinagro. I'll just read a portion of it for you. It's called The Meanest Mother in the Whole World. I had the meanest mom in the whole world. Other kids were able to eat sugary snacks for breakfast. I had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. When others had sodas and sweets for lunch, I had to eat a sandwich. As you can guess, my supper wasn't much different. But at least I wasn't alone in my suffering. My sister and two brothers had the same mean mother as I did. I'm nearly ashamed to admit it, but she actually disciplined us. Not once, but each time we had a mind of our own and did as we pleased. Now you can begin to see how mean she really was. We had to wear clean clothes. We had to take a bath. The height of insult, though, was that she made some of her clothes herself just to save money. Why, oh why, did we have a mother who made us feel different from our friends? The worst is yet to come. We had to be in bed by 9 each night and up at 8 the next morning. We couldn't sleep till noon like all of our friends. And so while they slept in, my mother actually had the nerve to break the child labor laws. She made us work. We had to wash dishes and make beds and learn how to cook and all sorts of horrible, cruel, mean things like that. I believe she laid awake at night just thinking up things for us to do the next day. She always insisted upon us telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, even if it killed us. And it nearly did a couple times. My sister can attest to that. Oh, our mean mother. Look at the things we miss. We never got to be mean and cruel to other people. And a million and one other things that our friends did. She forced us, forced us, I tell you, to grow up as God-fearing, educated, honest adults. But I thank God that he gave me the meanest mom in the whole world. Real moms are MVPs. They're magnanimous. They're multifaceted. They're expert managers. They're mighty. They're merciful. They're models. They're mentors. Look at verse 28 and 29, then back in our Proverbs 31. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have nobly have done nobly, but you exceed them all. This is what Mother's Day is all about. Mothers, how will you be remembered? Norman Vincent Peale wrote, Once I had a conversation with Dwight D. Eisenhower when he was a president. And I said, Mr. President, you've known every great man of our time. Who's the greatest man you've ever met? And without an instant hesitation, he said, the greatest person I ever met wasn't a man. It was a woman. It was my mother. She never had much formal education, but she was wise in God's wisdom. She went to school to the greatest of all books, the Bible, and she acquired real wisdom. He said, once when I was a boy, my brothers and I were playing a game with my mother, and the game was with cards, not regular playing cards, because she was too straight-laced for that. But a hand of cards was dealt, and I remember this night, Mother dealt me an utterly impossible hand, and I began to complain about it. She said, boys, put your cards down. I want to tell you something, especially you, Dwight. You're playing a game in your home with your mother under loving circumstances. We all love each other, and I have dealt you a bad hand. Now, she said, when you get out in life where they don't love you so much, you're going to be dealt a lot of bad hands. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do, Dwight. You're going to pray to God. You're going to trust God like a man. You are to play out the hand that God has dealt you. 
And, said Dwight D. Eisenhower, that's one of the wisest things I ever learned in my youth. Real moms are MVPs, magnanimous, multifaceted, expert managers. They're mighty, they're merciful, they're models, they're mentors, they're memorable. But they are also, verses 30 and 31, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Real mom's beauty, my friends, is in their fear of the Lord. Our society idolizes beautiful people, popular entertainers and models whose youthful faces dominate the Internet. But each attractiveness has nothing to do with the kind of beauty that delights in the heart of God. We tend to think of beauty in terms of something lovely that evokes a, 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 a feeling of pleasure within us. But God wants us to place our value in a person's heart much more than the superficial things. That's what we saw earlier in First Peter 3, isn't it? Adorning yourself with the fear of the Lord. William Jarinus writes, If it displays integrity and in turn reflects God's own righteousness, and that is something that is God's standard. In other words, a truly beautiful person is one who fears and serves the Lord. My friends, in a day when the world tries to warp your view of what a mom should be, what she should look like, how she should act, what things should be important to her, God's word remains unchanged through the ages. You see, the Lord's view of mom and the world's view of moms is entirely different. In God's mind, there are moms and then there are real moms. And I believe we have a room full, even now, of real moms with us today and every day. If you just look for them and recognize who they truly are. How can we recognize the real moms? Well, we've covered it in depth. They're MVPs, they're magnanimous, they're multifaceted, they're expert managers, they are mighty and merciful and models and mentors and memorable, and they display their beauty through the fear of the Lord. Moms like this deserve our recognition. She deserves the fruit of her labor. She deserves the praise at the place where others are honored and recognized. And will you do that today? Will you recognize... Your mom, some of our moms are not here. Some of our moms are already in heaven. But will you just take a time today and just reflect on the impact that she has had in your life? And you may not be able to tell her yet in person how powerful she was, the impact she had in your life. But someday, my friends, I pray that you will. And you'll be able to tell her. And if you are so blessed that your mom is still here with us on this side of glory, will you not just take a few minutes today and give her a call and tell her how much you love her and how much she means to you? Not, not only with words of praise, but with lives that reflect the holy influence upon us. Take time today, my friends. Honor your moms. God does. And so should you. Amen. Shall we pray together? 
Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. There are so many examples of wonderful, godly women in this church. Lord, we are so blessed. Godly moms, Lord, who pour into their children, who are raising them up in the admonition of the Lord, who faithfully bring them together to fellowship together with other believers and grow in Christ's likeness, who share their gifts, not only with just their own family, but with others in the body of Christ, who love you and serve you every day. Lord, so much of what our moms do goes under the radar. And then one day, Lord, we we look back and we think of all the things, all the sacrifices they made, all the different times when they just went without for us. Father, I thank you. I thank you for each and every mom. And whether they're here on this side of glory or they're already with you, I pray, Lord, that you would hear our hearts and know of how thankful we truly are. Lord, bless the rest of this day a family time together. May you be honored and glorified in each and every home. We ask in Christ's name. Amen.